Good afternoon, everybody. It is Tom Chenault. This is the Tom Chenault Show. I hope you are having a great day, and I have already gotten fired by the producer of this show, Marianne Niehaus, and the engineer of this show, Jason Kohler, for calling it the wrong name. It is now called the Network Marketing Leadership Show with Tom Chenault, which is a mouthful in itself. And the reason is, is because we're going to do a podcast that's going to be rock solid around this. And then we're going to flip it back over and have the Tom Chenault Show on GCN every weekend. So it will be on that blowtorch, but we're going to just really, really expand our horizons. We're going to keep up with uh, Lisa Grossman, with Curtis Broom, with Grant Cardone, with Gary B, with Gar with Eric Warre, and all those real mind, big mind thinkers. So I've just decided I'm getting in the water with those guys and I'm going to kick some booty. So that's what we're doing here. So we got a great show today. You're going to absolutely love it. We've got Matt Morris next week, which is going to be off the chain. And then the following week, we're going to have a guy on here named Peter Sage. And none of you have ever heard of him. And when you hear about this guy, it is going to blow your mind. Marianne didn't even know he's going to be on the show yet. She's swallowing her cigar right now because we probably have somebody else scheduled. So the show today is going to be great. Normally, it's one guest in one part, one guest in the other, but these two, it's one plus one equals 20 when you talk to Lisa Grossman and Curtis Broom. They have traveled the world. I met them, they don't even know when I first heard them. I'll tell you what, when I first heard them, they were all wearing military clothes, and I walked into this room, and I was this arrogant pipsqueak of a network marketer who thought I was a big shot. And I saw Lisa up there in her fatigues, and I saw Curtis in his fatigues, and I'm going, that's, you know, look at those two. They don't know Jack. I am telling you, I learned more in that three-hour session that day than I think I've learned in the last 20 years. I went on to watch them at GoPro. I went on to watch them on, obviously, the ANMP stuff and all over the internet. And I am telling you one thing right now. I think these two not only are gifted speakers, not only are successful network marketers, but they are truly the thought leaders of this profession and they don't get enough credit. So I'm giving it all to them right now. How are you, Curtis? How are you, Lisa? What's going on? I'm doing great, Tom. Thanks for letting me be here. I love being here with her too. Look at Curtis, uh, he throttles down the energy right there. Yeah, I am, um, I'm doing awesome. We're coming off an amazing Thanksgiving holiday. So much to be grateful for. And you know, grateful for the business that we're in mostly that we can have a weekend like this and then come share with you and everybody in America why they should be doing it too. You know, I think that I'm going to, my nickname on this show today should be called 35. And you know why I'm calling myself 35? Well, because you're, you're, you, you act like you're 35. No. I'm, I'm surprised you're that old. Because there were 34 other people at your party and I must have been number 35 and you just couldn't invite me because you had the other 34. You know something? I have told you and I will tell you again. You are always welcome. We had people calling that we hadn't seen in years saying, it sounds like fun. Can we come? I'm like, sure. And we got another house, stuffed more people in it, and just had a wall of a time. Unbelievable. And I had dinner with two homeless guys. It was unbelievable. <laughs> but not saying anything. Well, next year, go ahead and send Denise, and you can hang out with the homeless guys. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. So what's going on, you guys? We're, we're in the profession right now. You are exploding all over the world. You're going to Hong Kong like crazy. You're doing all your international stuff, but you've really, really spooled it up domestically too. And while everybody else is saying that the industry is in a major slump, both of you are absolutely on fire. What's the story behind that? All customers? 
Well, I think that consumerism, it probably was always the key and we didn't realize it. I don't like to use the word customer because I think if you're a distributor, promoter, affiliate, ambassador, whatever else, another name we come up for it with, and you are not first and foremost a customer in love with your product, it's a difficult thing to share with the world. It's a job and all jobs get, have a lifespan, get dull and get where the initial honeymoon wears off. But when you love something, it just gets more exciting as time goes on to share it because of the energy you're feeding upon with the people that see what you see and come share the message with you. What do you think, Kurt? Just well, Tom, you know that. I mean, our profession is, is known for helping people take products to market and services to market that never would really have survived in the retail space. What, that's what we do. We're about human relationship. But one of the things that we've seen over the last couple of decades is it converted so much to being just about money. Whereas you and I have talked about, even when we were coached from the NMP stage, I said there are four reasons to be a part of the profession. Number one, make sure you got a product or service you're so passionate about. You, you want it in your life regardless of, of whether there's an opportunity. Number two, you're going to create relationships that last, last a lifetime. You're around positive-minded people. Number three, you're going to build. Th you're going to be able to be around people who want to learn and grow. And number four, you could earn an income. By the way, that's up to you. And that's what's happening. It's it's the whole. I think the profession. Those companies that are most successful right now, they're moving back to that. They're really focusing on consumers of product that have nothing to do with the business. They're just thrilled to be a part of taking things that are creating an impact in their life. That's really what's happening. Yeah, and I just got back from Frazier's event. And Frazier said exactly what you said. We're all just getting ready to go over to the grandfather, the grand, whatever it is, uh, GoPro. And what Eric is doing is taking everybody back to fundamentals and using social media as a tool, but not as the end all. And that's kind of what you guys are doing. I mean, with Jesse Lee Ward and all these people, you guys, and and uh, she's not in your company, but obviously Angel Fletcher is somebody else that you guys work with very, very closely. Talk about that. I mean, people keep thinking that this is going to turn into some sort of internet marketing gig, and it's not. It's human beings and relationships, right? Now, I always go back to this Vince Lombardi thing because I know that, the men really listen in more when you talk about sports. And he always, every September when he went back into the locker room, he would say, guys, this is a football. It is always about the fundamentals. You can make money selling, salesmen do. But if you wanna build wealth or build a company, that's based on a progressive, process-driven um, system that is glued together with relationship and shared vision and goal. So social media gives you the ability to reach more people in less time, more efficiently for less cost. An awesome thing if you've got a great message and if you don't, you get to fail in front of a much larger audience in Technicolor. So I think that people need to have the message honed down and then just go use social media like we used a conference call and converted to a Zoom. It's wonderful when used properly and a nightmare when used incorrectly because it just makes people tune out to you faster if you're not on point with, with something that resonates with them that can really serve them. What do you think about that, Dr. Broom? Well, we're all in alignment here. In fact, actually, I was having a conversation there the other day, and, and one of the conversations that so many are having is what's new that's going on. The real truth is, in our profession, it is fundamentally always going to be what it's always about. It's a, been about. It's about effective communication in a relationship style. What's happened is over the last couple of decades with technology, you can communicate broader and faster 
what people misunderstood, I think, is that you still needed to build those relationships. And one of the examples Lisa's given so many times that is perfect. You take a company like Apple or you take something like McDonald's. How many people eat a McDonald's? How many people carry iPhones? How many of them own a McDonald's or work for Apple? The reality is the truly sustainable companies have those who are massive consumers of the product or service. And which is, in fact, I had a mentor about 28 years ago. He said, Curtis, there are laws in this universe. There's the law, you know, laws of the universe like gravity. There's laws of business. There's the laws of, of our profession. You can violate them and you can push your way to some level of success for a period of time until eventually you will collapse and burn out. If you align with the laws of human behavior, if you align with the laws of business, et cetera, you can build something forever. And the reality is all successful businesses have massive numbers of individuals who love to consume and, and benefit from whatever the business offering is, not necessarily be in the business. Some may be evolved, they some become so passionate about it, they become passionate you know, promoters, whether it's about money or not. What's happening today is I think those who are having the most success online, it's a tool to reach further and farther but what they're doing faster, but what they're doing is they're still maintaining that ability of, con of, of connection and community and conversation and relationship, letting people start by, do you even like this product or service? If you don't, then let's bless you and wish you on your path to go find what you do or can be passionate about. That's where I think you said, talk about all of online stuff. I think those who are having sustainable success, and Lisa's taught it for a long time. You've got to have those who are attracted to what you're offering as the product or service. That creates long-term residual sustainability. Everything else is a flash in the pan. Can't agree with you more. We're gonna, you know what? And I and there's so many people watching. Richard Brooke, I can see him in here. I can see Eric in here. I see Michelle Poe in here. All of these people are doing unbelievably giant things, doing exactly what you two are doing. And I really believe that you guys are the leading edge of going back to the absolute obsession around the customer, making sure that customer is served first and foremost, letting those people identify the leaders and then letting the leaders rise to the top. Where we used to ignore the customer a little bit, you guys have put a massive focus on that, correct? Yeah, and I think, but you know, it's funny, people use the word customer like there's this dividing line down the, you know, are you looking for customers or are you looking for promoters? I'm looking for people who are looking to have their lives be better. I think everybody in network marketing is. Most people, you know, I think that you make a lot of money, Tom, certainly I do. All the people you mentioned do make a lot of money. We're not gonna say that we don't. But most people are initially are looking for life to be a little bit easier, just a little bit. You know, you can't, you can say to anybody, do you wanna make a million dollars? And everybody's gonna raise their hand. But from where most people are to a million dollars, you might as well, call me and ask me if I want to be an astronaut. Sounds cool, but I don't anticipate going to NASA anytime soon. So I think that if we dial it back and we realize that if you can make it a little bit, help people get a little bit better, a little bit easier, you know, get the, uh, I got all these texts over the weekend and it was amazing. It was a great month, but I was getting texts from people saying, you don't know what this means to me. My kid's been hounding me for this thing that I never, that I didn't think I could get them. And now I can buy this $300 toy they want for Christmas and I'm crying because that's where it starts and that starts with a person who really loved the product to begin with because the average person or everybody builds a business based on their belief and belief doesn't stand up when you try to lead with a business and you've never been in business no matter how much you might think you could do it but if a product changed your life it doesn't matter how many people tell you it's this, it's that, it's overpriced. 
you know what you know and you keep talking. So I think the, the big thing that we've had a misnomer with is people don't quit, they stop talking and then they're not there anymore. Okay, hold it, we gotta take a break or I'm gonna get fired. Okay. We're on the Genesis Communication Network. This is Tom Chenault. Thank you, Ted Anderson. We'll be back right after this. And we're back. This is the commercial. And I could, who was it? Lisa got me in so much trouble just now. Uh -oh. So I've got my whole speech done for GoPro. And it's just beautiful. And it was all football analogies. And <laughs> I Rick used and one. Just I used one. A second. We're switching Rick and Adrian this. come in and go, oh, this thing sucks. Because... 80% of the crowd is women and, you, women and you're doing football analogies. And I bought it, so we changed. Well, that's because the women, use it, the women listen anyway. They don't need you know what, but we to did be a, so we did a, with I'm not talking things. about football at GoPro. I'm talking about <laughs> something more important, and I'm not going to tell you what it is. So, <laughs> <laughs> that was so I'm gonna be, <laughs> Okay, I'm going to be on the front row seeing what it is. Oh so you don't God. need to tell me what it is. Oh, We're excited. We're going to be on the front row in anticipation of what it is. You leave me weak. So you guys just need to know that I'm up there on duress. He wrote the speech. So what's up, Contact Map Man? Yeah, this is exciting. So let's talk about, since we're on the subject of GoPro, let's, let's talk a little bit about that. What are you going to be talking about at GoPro? Oh, man. So here's, yeah, that's so funny, is that Eric calls up and says, I want you to talk about recruiting Uber drivers. And I'm freaking out going, man, alive. that's just, how can you do 25 minutes on that? So then we went into my phone and looked at all the pictures of the backs of the heads of the Uber drivers I took. Because I, what I do is I, I want to have a recognition of who they are. So I have about five. All you know is the back of their head. It's hilarious. And so anyway, and I've got all their maps. So you know what? I got them all done and it's just the best thing in the world and we are going to kill it. We, he's, he keeps asking me forever. He's been asking me. I want contact mapping the app to have Facebook, or sorry, face recognition so I can recognize somebody. But just recently, he's now asking me for bald spot recognition, which is just, it's a much harder problem to solve. So he actually, he actually made a slide of all my pictures because it is so ridiculous. But you know something, to be serious for a moment, that's a really good topic because when you look at all the people that are out there wanting to be life to be a little bit better, See, I think we live in the side gig economy, but a lot of the people that have been in network marketing for a long time are still pitching the full-time dream. Yep. But if you look at what an Uber driver makes for all the time that they work and all the hours they put in versus if they put that time and energy into our space, or if they wanted to drive and talk about their product at the same time and combine the two, this is really a better mechanism by far for bringing in an extra income, I think, Jeez. for hours for dollars. Eric's a genius. 80% of all network marketing women are in the, in, are women. 80% of the Uber drivers are men because they're stupid. So he's, it's just unbelievable. And you can't believe what's happening to me. So all those of you, I mean, it is crazy. I guess we have to go back. Marianne is about ready to jump through the window. She's the one that had to start two minutes late. Let me see where we are. No, we got plenty of time. We got, yeah, we got 30 seconds left, Marianne. What's the website? Contactmapping.com. And what you want to do is so next week is GoPro and we have put together a new ebook that is going to knock your socks off in relation to his topic. So be on the lookout because we're going to launch that next week, but it's going to be awesome. It's going to be cool. And the hockey stick with hair, Joshua Higginbotham is watching the show. Just want to give him a Love shout out. Love that guy. Gosh. Hi. Too funny. He was probably okay, at the party. So was he at the party? Deal for you, was Tom. he at the party? Of course. <laughs> I can't believe it. I'm not invited. All right, All right get out of here, Adrian. 
Tom, you're always invited. Next I've invited you so many times. You tell me there's an airstrip nearby you can land. We're waiting. Show up. I'll cook. 1-800-NEVER-GOT-THE-ADDRESS. All right, we're back. It is Tom Chenault. It's the Tom Chenault Show. It is a great day on the Genesis Communication Network. And it's also now called the Network Marketing Leadership Show because we have gone into the podcast world to try to chase down Eric Worre, Grant Cardone, Gary Vee, all those guys, Joe Rogan. And we're going to give you some major content on the podcast and all that jazz now too. So very, very excited about that. But this show is so good. We let off this new show with rock stars, Lisa Grossman and Curtis Broom. And these two people are incredible thought leaders. So if you're not paying attention and literally taking notes as to what they're talking about, you are making a mistake because they are that on top of what's happening going forward. They do not live in the rearview mirror. I love these two. Back to you, Lisa Grossman. Where are we headed? I mean, I know where you are right now. You're ripping the cover off the ball. What, is, what about the profession? Are you just in love with the, the look at it all over the world? I'm in love with network marketing more now and more excited than I was 30 years ago because it's finally coming into its own. Like Eric says, still in the garage, but I think we've got the door open and the car's backing up. What I love about network marketing today is the internet and the, the ability to connect with people outside of your local market the same or very close to the same way as you would within your local market, utilizing tools like we're doing right now. I think has made network marketing less scarcity driven. You know, people, the millennials have made it less scarcity driven. I think you were talking about customers earlier. Millennials are taking over the space and it's a different mindset. They're not afraid to talk to people because they live their lives in such large communities with their various online platforms. But they also don't buy into some crazy kind of loyalty at their own expense. If they love a product, and, the, and they're treated well in an environment, they're going to stay and crush. If they're not, they don't have a problem making a switch. So I think this has forced all of us dinosaurs to get back to what's important. And what's important are the people that do the revenue that make your, that make your business run. And those are the consumers. Weren't you guys the one, and I'm just thinking back, that said, and one of you said this, don't put $10,000 worth of recognition on a $1,000 deed, and don't put $1,000 worth of recognition on a $100,000 deed. That was you. I said, ten, I said, I got to tell people the truth. Yes, and that's the truth. Too many people focus too much time putting their goals the responsibility of their goals on other people's actions. And everybody gets to decide for themselves what their action is and all victories should be celebrated, but some do not require your assistance all the time. Hoping that, you know, what did my mother used to say? You can kiss the frog all day long. It doesn't mean he's going to turn into a prince for you. Find another guy. <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay, I'm speechless. What do you think about that, Curtis? Well, um... <laughs> <laughs> all of us in our career have to, if we all go back to our 30 plus years, we all tried to kiss some frogs and we finally decided we didn't like kissing reptiles and it was better just let people be who they are. You know, you mentioned yesterday, a second ago, coming out of the break, so, you know, let's talk about some things that are new. You know, um, obviously Lisa and I have worked together for almost 20 years and she's building this global giant. I'm also doing so, but I'm on the corporate side and working a lot in Asia. But let me tell you what I'm seeing still 
that is, I think, really fascinating to watch. There are a lot of companies, I think some that are, are going to, are already are, or are moving towards the kind of elite stratosphere that are investing in training and education that goes beyond the standard. You know, uh, one of the things that Eric did so well was the seven fundamentals, which are great. But then the question becomes, what does it really take at an elite level? And, and I'm seeing now there's a trend where companies are really investing in the type of, of development that as, as people move up through leadership and get to higher levels, they're really taking the time to sit down with them and take them through the kinds of education that can really lead to excellence. And it's the kind of stuff that I don't think that even companies really invested in as much before. And I'm starting to see more of that. We're very blessed to, to be around an environment like that. But I think that's another thing that we're going to see where it's, it's, you know, keep it simple at first. Let those who are brand new with no experience engage and have fun and enjoy the process. Like we said, if you can find some people who just could get that three to $500, a thousand a month and make such, and try not to talk to them about million dollar results when there's no basis of, of, of relation, you know, some, it's not something they can relate to. But as people grow and improve, identify those who have chosen to truly step in and step up and give them access to the types of development that really can allow them to re achieve elite levels. And uh, that's what I'm beginning to see as well. Um, and, and it's something that we're also personally experiencing. And so I think that's another thing. It's that evolution of it's not just the pitch or the deal. It's not the close. It's, it's not the, 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 the first order bonus, you know, slamming and jamming people, all of whom, you know, came out of the meeting and they just got feel like they run over by a bus. Don't, it seemed exciting. And then on the way home, they just don't even know what happened to them. It's not that. It's a natural process of identifying those who really want to step up and really help them go to an elite level. And I think that's really going to raise the quality in our profession as well. Cool. We, this is going to be shocking for you, but we have to take a break. So we're going to come back. I mean, as Richard Brooke, I got to pay. pay. The show. Richard Brooke sends emails every week to me, pissed off about what the ads are on the radio show. And I've got to put them because that's what pays for the show. So we're coming back right after this. Sorry that I just said that on the radio show, Ted. But we'll be back right now on the uh, Genesis Communication Network. And we're back. <laughs> I was supposed to say that after the break. Charming. Oh, I did. The, the guy that gives us the show is going to kill me now. That's awesome. Hello, Adrian. The survivalist sponsors are going to be very pissed off. Yeah. So on GCN, it's the same station as like Alex Jones. And all those guys, you know, the conspiracy people. So, like, during the ads, it's like machine gun cells and stuff like that. Anyway, <laughs> what the fact is, is that nobody likes those ads that are, like, network marketers because we're not, like, scarcity people. So, so it's, a, it's a whole different world, and uh, I'm glad we're in this one. Me too. Me too. So, Curtis and Lisa, I'm watching these comments, and you guys are, like, the most beloved people in networking. Everybody's just saying a lot of things about him. And really, Listen, really we nice. love you guys, and I know Tom loves us. I, 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 these titles we're getting, I think, maybe, yeah. Maybe. So, so, we know so a few people who like us a lot. <laughs> there's it, underneath that flattery, there's a real question, which is that you, you guys make a tremendous impact on people that I know for sure are not in your company, but that have a deep, deep love, respect, and gratitude for you guys. And what do you think it is about the way that you build relationships? in your company and outside your company that creates that kind of bond? Well, it all depends, I think, to an individual what your vision is. I love my company and other people love their companies. And there are a lot of good companies, some that maybe aren't so good. But let's talk about good companies. What, the, what makes a good company is a great company is the one that resonates with you. 
but all of us are here to help people find a better tomorrow than yesterday. So I don't care what company somebody's in if they're making a difference because we're only going to change the world if there are more people doing what we do, helping more people, you know, warm to the concept that they can do it every single day. So I don't think about how to build a relationship. My father, may rest in peace, used to tell me, if you can help and you don't, shame on you. So if I'm able to help, I think that that's a responsibility. I think that anything you do in life comes back to you tenfold. I think so many people are so driven by agenda that they don't realize that you can't hurt yourself by, take, by treating other people well because they remember. And the time will come when you least expect it and you need help with something that someone you forgot you helped remembers that you helped them and they're there to help you. So it's just the laws of the universe, golden rule. You know, I guess a simple thing, just let me, you know, the old, and I've told it on stages all over the world, my story. I'm really, really bad at this. I mean, I'm not the smart guy because 30 years ago, 31 years ago, I'd had success corporately. I'd had success entrepreneurially. When I got introduced, I refused to listen. I was uncoachable. I thought this is absurd. Nobody can have this level of success with something that seems this simple. They got to be lying to me. I ignored everybody, failed miserably for two years. And I was going to quit and walk away when I met someone who basically grabbed me by the throat, shook me really hard, said, look, shut up and do what I tell you or get out. And I listened. In other words, I, I was finally willing to be mentored. And that individual, we weren't in the same company, never made money for him. And it's a long, longer story, but bottom line, he literally sat there and then helped. And I asked him later, I said, you know, we aren't, I'm not benefiting you financially. What's the deal here? He said, simple. I had someone help me. I'm helping you. The deal is I'm doing this because until you take your last breath, I expect you to teach others what I'm teaching you. And so ever since, I've never stood on stage and said, let me tell you how smart I am. I've always, and, and most, most of those who don't forget where they came from will, I said, let me tell you what my mentor taught me. And I make sure I'm very clear about that. I was not the one who figured it out. I had other people who taught me. Lisa, I, everyone who achieves a great level. Tom, you had mentors. You, you could name them. Eric could name them. You know, any of the folks who've been on the stage at AMP, we all, Lisa talks about all the time. You know, some people, unfortunately, if they achieve success, they forget the mentorship they had and now claim credit. You know, we just simply try to share that which others selflessly shared with us. And I think that should, and it has nothing to do with whether we're making money together or off. It, it, it's not that. It's just we had people who took the time. We take the time. Uh, I think it, it, it's karma. It always comes back in a positive way. Cool. You got time. Perfect. Uh, I think that's spot on. And, and it shows up over and over again. And playing that long game in relationships is really essential. And, I, you know, the reason why we love these guys so much and why I think they fit so well with what we're doing at Contact Mapping is that it you can play that long game, but if you don't remember things about people and you're not following up and you're not keeping those bonds strong over time, you're just, you're not going to be able to be that person that's there at the right, in the right place at the right time. That, that doesn't happen by accident. The reason that Curtis and Lisa are so successful and that they do this over and over again is because there's patterns behind their behavior that allow them to do that. And the reason that we created the contact mapping app is to take what these people who have been in this profession for decades and have had a lot of success already know to be true and distill that into something that is possible for anybody to, to take advantage of. That was perfect. Unbelievable. I wonder how you were going to take that whole thing and wrap it into it. No, it's, it's funny though, because Hold on, we got to get back. No, I'm going to get fired. All right. And we're back. It's Tom Chenault. This is the Tom Chenault Show. And I hope you're all having a terrific day. We are here with Lisa Grossman and Curtis Broom. And these two are so fascinating that I just can't tell you 
how pumped up I am to be talking to them because they are visionaries in the business. They are the ones that people go to to find out what's happening, who they can help, and their entire mission in their life is service. And I look at them, and I look at a lot of people. I look at a Richard Brooke. I look at a lot of people out there that are immensely successful because they don't have an agenda except to make people's lives better. And sure, there's business underneath it all that these guys have done very, very well there. They've, they've done really, really well in their life. But the biggest thing that they're going to get rewarded at is the pearly gates because they help so many people where they weren't compensated. And if all of you want to learn anything from this show, it's be like Curtis and Lisa. So take it away, Lisa. What were you going to say? Well, I was going to say that I believe the best thing you can do for yourself if you're having an off day or if things aren't perfect is to go out and help somebody else. It changes your state. You know, so often you forget, you know, when you get caught up in it, there are days your business doesn't seem that wonderful and I don't care how much money you're making. It's just one of those days. But then you go talk to somebody else and you listen to what's going on in their life or their business and you realize you, you start helping them, your, your state changes. And all of a sudden, by the time you get off the phone, you realize how great it really is. I think that if you spend your life in gratitude, you have a great life. And I'm so grateful for my life that I want to help everybody else as much as I can because I'm grateful for their help reminding me how great life is. I have an overabundance of awesome people in my lifetime. That's my secret to success. Yeah, and you and I have been some, in some deep water around some other people. Oh, and God. Never, ever, ever, ever have I felt like you had an agenda other than to protect the profession. A couple of weeks ago, I called up Curtis, and I wanted to talk about somebody. And Curtis gave me the most unfiltered half hour of my life that I will ever imagine with nothing to gain except helping that other individual and making the world a better place. And I think that is at the root of your success. What do you guys think? Well, it's the same thing I told you before. We, all of us have been, it's really true. All of us who have ever achieved any level of significant result, if we were really going to be honest, we could point back to those who selflessly gave or poured into us. Now, sometimes you got to have the courage to go up and ask. That's one thing I'll say about, about Lisa. She, and she, she can tell you from, she would walk up to anybody anywhere early in her career and say, hi, I've got a question. I, I'll never forget the time she told me the story about, she, she heard about this person who was big at Amway, you know, this little guy named Bill Britt. And he was in supposedly in Houston, got a hold of Houston phone book, looked up a phone number, called and he answered and just talked for like an hour or 45 minutes just because she asked. And and think Austin. about it. Yes, I did. Austin, Texas. So think about that. She just got, he was willing to give simply because she asked. So they think that's a great lesson. More people should, so if you walk up to someone and, and just ask a simple question and they're not willing to take the time, you've now also identified who you shouldn't go to again. So Adrian, come here. Our, our profession is about, shit, about, you know, think about it. The magic here is this is the profession where those who have had the greatest success are rewarded for sharing that with as many as possible versus, you know, the backstabbing, got to hold everybody down so I can rise to the top. And, and many people will take it to the level that, that's why we go to these big events, all these big events. And typically is where if you'll walk up to anyone, they will be willing to share if, you know, if you do it appropriately, and you can get such golden nuggets. Remember, we've always said it's the meeting after the meeting. And I've been blessed with so many of those. And I know Lisa has, I'm sure you have. It's, it's becomes the culture of our profession. Some embody it and some choose then just to make it about themselves. And, you know, that's okay to each their own. But I think, I think the long-term result happens to those who are willing to, you know, the old give, you'll receive. All these are fundamental truths. 
So this guy pulls into Starbucks this morning in a Rolls Royce, and he walks up to the barista. He's with two guys, and they are hot shots. Everybody knows who they are. I'm sitting right next to the barista, stocked barista stocking her. It wasn't Red Frog. It was a Starbucks. And she finally introduces me to the guy, and he tells me what he does. And he's got the top two layer, top two floors at this bank, and he's got this huge artificial intelligence company. And you can tell he's a stick. So I get his information and contact. I take a I take a picture of his ass as he's walking out the door because I didn't have the guts to take a picture of his face because I wanted to have the guy map. So I send him two nice text messages about how nice a guy he was, and I'm sitting with Adrian. And what happened then? It's hilarious. The the phone starts ringing, which is always my moment of panic because I don't know who he's calling, but he's decided he's going to call somebody. I'm mad because the guy hasn't responded, and I think he must have given me the wrong number. And so this person picks up. I can't remember what his name was. I don't either. Hello. And you go, hey, is this so-and-so? <laughs> and the guy goes, yes. And what did you say? I said, well, this is troubling me because I texted you twice. I'm not used to being treated like that. And I wanted to make sure you gave me the right number. And the guy started laughing because it was such a crazy, stupid thing for me to do. But I, I take things personally like that. And I'm like, Lisa, there is no distance. And I think my entire success in my life is the fact that there's no distance in my life between thought and sound. Would you agree? <laughs> I wouldn't call that reckless, but I agree with you. Thank you very much. It was humble. The guy was so taken aback. He probably wrecked his Rolls Royce. I do want to dovetail on something Curtis said because, you know, I've never been afraid to ask anybody for help because they have the right to say no. But what shocks me is how often people assume that they can't approach you. You know, I, I'll, somebody will send me a, a text or a letter or something. I'll write back. I can't believe you responded. Well, my mother raised me, right? That's, you know, you, if somebody sends you a message, you respond back. This guy should know that too. Um, and they're like, well, I was afraid to ask you. I know you're too busy. Don't assume that people are too busy to help you because everybody's looking for the one that raised their, raises their hand that wants to take it and do something with it. So there's that disconnect. Don't ever let fear stop you. There's lots of stuck up people in the world you can practice on if people, don't, if people are mean to you. Just go find the next one, but eventually you'll come to the right one. If you, if you want me to not answer the phone, call me on a number where I've got your number. But if you call me with a number that I don't recognize, it, I know I'm the guy that loves to talk to the spam guy. Stop what you're doing right now. I'm telling you, I pick up the phone every time and people are flipped out, aren't they? They spam, can't believe it. Spam likely. These are my people. <laughs> okay, wait a minute. Tom, you have a record. Tom, and at the time that I've known him, he once recruited somebody from a wrong fax. Oh, yeah. A piece of paper sent to the, the wrong fax number, which was his, and he recruited them. Yes, man. God, here's what I feel. I am such a spiritual man. <laughs> I really am, actually. But I, <laughs> I, I really am. I'm convincing you. We that have I am our positive. I believe you. I am literally, I'm red as a beat. I am literally positive that everything that happens in this universe is supposed to happen right then. And I'm not going to question the universe because everything that's ever happened to me was outside of my manipulation of the universe. There you go. Even having you. Well, have some patience. You do know that there's a rumor that even the Lord took six days to create the earth. So have Amen. a little bit of patience. Amen. So that's what's so cool about it. And you guys, back to network marketing. 
back to what you do so well. And that is connect people with people to connect people with people and the story. And you never stop doing that, which means you never stop working and you're looking for the greatness in everybody and helping them, helping them bring that out in themselves because you believe in them almost before they believe in themselves. Is that? You have to believe in people before they believe in themselves because most people don't. Of course. And if we don't find the greatness in people, other people will help them find the more insidious qualities. And we're not going to save the world unless everybody rises to the best they can be. Or most we've people. All, we've all seen individuals and met individuals and been blessed to have individual irrigation that upon first appearance, we know the world would look at them and prejudge and say, no way. And they may have been very hesitant, but still they took a step, even if it was timid and they continued. And we look at six months, a year or three years later, and they're making this monstrous impact. And so we know, we, we're blessed in this profession. We know everyone has greatness within. The question is what they may or may not choose to do with it. You know, I had somebody, uh, my mentor, again, a long time ago, he said, you know, we talked about the comment of changing people's lives. He said, Curtis, please don't get this wrong. Uh, you really will never change somebody's life. Two people can change someone's life, you know, God or whatever higher power they believe in, and they can. What you need to decide is, are you going to be a positive force to help create an environment where if they choose to step into their greatness, you can assist them in doing that? And that's what our profession's about. So, I mean, that's, that's truly, we, we all know that it, you, you, you need, really, you got to be careful on that prejudgment thing. Well, here's another thing that we just make serious mistakes at. Think of how many times you have been wrong in your life interviewing people with your eyes, both directions. Guy looks like a movie star. He's got all the muscles. He's wearing the $500 suit and he couldn't grow a petunia. You got the guy over there that's a homeless person that you look by, you walk over and that guy turns around and picks up a, a CD and from somebody else and the next thing you know, he's a billionaire because yeah. you interviewed them with their eyes versus getting to know them, figuring out what's inside of them, not what they look like on the outside and the rest is history, right? Sure, sure. Yeah, and, and, that, that's, that's, and that's, I think that's ultimately what we've all been talking about. In fact, even what you guys are talking about from a contact mapping standpoint, a long time ago I had someone ask me, so what do you do? And it was one of those things where just that situation at that specific time, I didn't have, because I, I, was, I was literally heading somewhere, I didn't have time to really go into anything. And so all of a sudden I just, tried to scale it down. I said, well, I pretty much introduced people that I know around the world, other people I know for, you know, to, for the benefit of both. That's what we do. That's what we and do. that's ultimately, I, 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 you know, introduce people that I know and love to other people I know and love for the benefit of both. And that's ultimately what this relationship world is about. How much time do you two spend training versus going out there and meeting people and, and like recruiting is a tough word, but being out there doing what you're telling people to do. Do you guys have any kind of ratio? Um, actually, I have to tell you, I don't really recruit per se anymore yeah. because every I talk to everybody and I let people self-identify through the process how far they want to go on the road. Yeah. So I, but as far as training, I spend so much time I think coaching these days because that's what people really want. They just want somebody to listen and to validate things that we take for granted, but for them right now are difficult, or they want outside eyes, or they want a method. You know, people really want high directive as to what to do. You don't buy a barbecue and open it, well men do, but open the box and there's 10,000 pieces and say, oh, I'll figure out how to put this together. You want them to send you the manual and the outline and the, and the blueprint so that you can do it. And so often in network marketing, 
people spend all this time before somebody joins the business getting them to, to getting the app filled out and then after that it's like go figure it out you're gonna do great talk to people talk to people and they don't really give them enough there and I think that that's where a lot of the problem is and then the people think it's their fault when they have the results you'd expect them to have with the barbecue with no blueprint and then they sour on the industry so I find myself spending a lot of time on the other side of people just getting mentally started and as they want to go to next levels, acknowledging it is another level. It is time to get out of the comfort zone again. Let's talk about that. All right, let's take a quick break. This is the last break, Brooke. So don't worry. We're coming back right after this on the Tom Chenault show in the <laughs> leadership show with Tom Chenault. And we're back. <laughs> oh no, we're not back. We're at break. Hello. Okay. Everybody. So what can we go sell on this network so that Richard feels better? We'll give it some balance, maybe cookies. Oh my goodness. We should, he, yeah, we he's never him. happy. That's all I'm going to tell you is he is never happy. And so when we get back, don't forget to let me put what, how to get hold of you two, but I want it to be on the radio show, not just on the break, because you guys are absolute visionaries and I want people to be able to talk to you. What do you think? So let's go back. I, I really liked what you said a minute ago, Lisa, about this sort of high directive concept because I think it's that same thing in relationship building right I think people come into the network marketing profession sometimes they take a backward step it seems when it comes to building relationships because they get all weird and they turn into this goofball network marketer so somebody brand new coming into the business what do you guys think are the most important things for somebody to understand about how to build relationships that are going to support their business? I'm going to let Curtis answer that a sec because I'm going to kind of answer it from a different angle because I really like contact mapping. I think that if you look at a lot, if you look at a lot of businesses, if you look at the game Monopoly, it comes with like rules. So everybody understands what to do. So when they understand what to do, they can spend the majority of their time on getting better connecting with people, actually talking to the people, understanding, emotional growth. But if it's not there, they spend all their time trying to figure out how to do the thing. Like it would be like trying to bake a cake without the recipe versus how fast you go with recipe. I think contact mapping is a tool that allows people to store all the stuff that they want to remember anyway. I don't think there's anything manipulative about it at all. We meet many more people today. People like to be recognized, people like to be made to feel important. I like to remember people's birthdays. So if you've got something there that allows you to do that quickly, you can spend most of your time in contact with people instead of trying to replace them, track down their phone number, track down their email, look for the Facebook chat you were in with them a year ago as you're going through thinking you remember how to spell their name. I've had people that have gotten married, I haven't changed it. And I will spend hours saying, I know they're in my phone. I know they're in my phone. <laughs> so anything that helps you organize data more effectively is going to make you more effective. And what's more important than remembering and knowing the important dates and moments in the lives of the people that you know, love, and care about and want to acknowledge, recognize, and you know, retain, as, retain relationships with? So I think it's a no-brainer. Yeah. Love it. The... Um... <clears throat> You and I both know that the, the, the biggest challenge, and, I, and ultimately, when we create things, we need to be creating them for a brand new person. It's their first time in ever. I don't care if they were a massively successful you know, investment banker or stockbroker or whatever. It's their first day in network marketing, and it's always going to be different. And the key is, ultimately, we have to get – the only thing that creates any result is an action. 
And every action that creates the expected result does two things. It creates greater confidence and trust in whoever the coach was who said, if you do this, this is what will happen. And they do that, and that's what happens. No one ever goes into action if the action they're about to take, they don't believe they can do effectively. Nobody wants to feel like an idiot. <clears throat> so it always starts with simplicity. And that's why when we, as we said, Lisa and I used to teach what we call a hot market. The hot market for those people, if your car broke down at 3 a.m., you call them on the phone, they would get out of bed and come pick you up and you'd do the same. And that's typically the group that most people would go to and try and pitch on the business who they love them so much, they try and tell them, you're doing that pyramid crap, you need to save yourself from the spawn of Satan. And instead, why don't you just, you know, how do you go to people and say, I've got a product, I'm passionate about it, I'd love you to test it for me as a marketing test group. It's an action step. And we had a process that we would teach people to follow so they could no-brainer do that. And once you get people into any action, it's like my mentor once said, he said, Curtis, our relationship's like a jockey and a horse. And here's the way it works. The horse doesn't know where they're going, why they're going there, or how they're going to get there. The horse only has to know one thing. When the gun sounds and the gate opens, they run flat out. The jockey, now he knows where we're going, why we're going, and how we're going to get there. And he gets them off the rail out of the traps where we run the roses. You know, we run for the roses and the traps. He said, have you ever seen it where the horse stops and they win by the jockey hopping off, picking up the horse and running around the track? It doesn't work. So the key is you just have to have something that gets a new person in action. Any action that creates a result they were told they get, now they've got more confidence and trust, and then you can take them further. So with regard to contact mapping or something like anything that, like Lisa said, that allows them to organize the data, but then with that data, the first step is something that is the old, you know, think about it, Tom, in your sports analogy, you put in that third string quarterback because everybody suddenly got hurt. What do they do? They start throwing simple little dump off passes just to give them the confidence that he can throw a ball three yards and, and then we'll worry about the deep bomb later. And so that's the key. I think it's integrating all of it. But the real behind it all, it's the I've got to get them into action. And the only way I can do that is I get them something simple and it has to make sure that it's almost foolproof so that they build some confidence. It's not about the big, the big home run. And, and so that's where if they can map their, their relationships enough to go into some simple action, I think then you've got them for longer. Or it, they can choose to get off any time, but you can keep them longer in play. That's beautiful. So, well, and you're 100% right. And, you know, again, everybody watching this, you watch Curtis and Lisa, and you hear what's going on in their company and what they're doing out there. And it is massive action at a major league level. And it all boils back down to relationships from the word go and remembering everybody and things about everybody. And I think about Holton Bugs. I had him on here a few weeks ago and he's been big at Organo and now he's out doing his own deal. But then you talk to him about where the impact came in his life. It was my inner, in my, my intercourse, my interaction with Lisa Grossman. And so, sorry, Lisa, that's what it was, interaction. And you know, you launched him and helped him so much with some advice you gave him. He actually gave you credit on the show. because I have to go watch it. Holton is such a gentleman. Yeah. He always does, and he's delightful and, and so good at what he does. Because, and, and, all, and with him, too. He's very conscientious of relationships and also of culture. He's a culture. He's one of the, he's really good. Like we all are, but he's awesome. You're awesome. He's a culture king. He's really good. I got to go watch that. You guys built culture and then you went on from there and you built systems and now you've got this unbelievable tribe of people that are doing what you love to do with you because you love them and they love you. And that's what defines that culture, right? Very much so. I think another part of it is also there's the culture and the systems that you create for those to advance. And then a lot of people have a difficulty taking the support role when you have a leader 
that is emerging or great or even better than you are. And that's what everybody really wants if they think about it. Wouldn't it be awesome to have a team of people that you've invent, you know, you've you've learned, you've taught them everything you know, and they take the ball further down the, the field. I want to really mess you up, Tom, and stick on these sports analogies. But so many people let their egos get in the way. And instead of stepping back and supporting those that can shine and make them money and change lives and doing the process, they overshadow the very people that they should be celebrating and uplifting. Or try to, I should say. So you know, I, I, that always amazes me as I watch it in the space. My mentor 28 years ago said, your objective when you get started should be to become stage qualified. Doesn't mean you got to stand on the stage if you've got that fear, but who are the people on the stage? They typically understand the product, the profession, they understand their company story, they understand the, the reward model, they understand all that. They can they can lead you know, a super Saturday back in the old days or a new distributor orientation, they can lead the Zoom, whatever. He said, you, you should want to become stage qualified as rapidly as possible. And the day that you are, your objective should be to get off the stage for the rest of your life, never to reappear, replaced by those you helped raise up to the stage and their objective should be the same. So one day you're at the back of the room applauding all of your grandchildren walking across the page. Yeah. That's become stage qualified. Versus. That's so and nothing's changed. Versus getting on the stage and deciding you own it and you're never going to let anybody else out. You know, when I first got started, um, Jeff or Bertie said it at a, at a training, you obviously you can do the meeting. How many meetings, how many people do you have in your group that can do the meeting? In other words, how many meetings can you have going on simultaneously? Because that's how strong or weak your business is. And it's true then, and it's true today. Although the meeting format may have changed a little bit. How'd Jeff or Bertie get so smart? I think that Jeff or Bertie got so smart by aligning with human nature and never acting like he was. Everybody looked at him and said, if this waiter kid can do it, surely I can. And whatever he's figured out, how hard can it be for me? I'm telling you what, that guy just, it never ceases to amaze me. You know, I had Doug Firebaugh on a different, in a different place last week, and he talked about his mentor, and it turned out it was Roberti. I mean, it goes on and on and on how many lives that guy's touched. So good on him. Good on you guys. I can't thank you enough for coming on our first show. It was fun. It's been a blast. It's called the Network Marketing Leadership Show now, and uh, Adrian and I are having a blast with it. And if you're wondering why we're doing that, because – he made me change the name because I think he thinks I'm going to die. So that's so sad. <laughs> he didn't want that to be all screwed up. Once, you know, so. <laughs> that's so sad. How'd you I know? think it's a great title. I think it's a great title. All right. Because it's really great. what it's all about. All right. Yes, well, so. we'll see you all next week on the Tom Chenault Show. Now, whatever it's called. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the show. You can get a lot more content like this going to contactmapping.com.